Book of Proverbs tonight, Proverbs chapter number 25, Proverbs 25, and we are back in our series, uh, The People of Proverbs. I believe this is number 37 uh, in this series. Uh, This morning, uh, I had some quiet time, and I outlined probably 15 more studies uh, uh, lessons for this um, series, and so uh, just a casual outline, so I know we're going to have at least uh, that many more uh, in the days ahead, and something tells me it'll go beyond that, but uh, I, if you could think back to the last one of these we had, I hope this has been helpful. Uh, it has been helpful to me, and uh, looking forward to seeing what the Lord has for us tonight and in the days and the weeks ahead. Tonight, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. And that's all the scripture that I'm going to use with the subject tonight. Usually, uh, these topics will take us to three, four, five, six uh, different verses. Tonight is just going to be one verse of scripture. Uh, Don't get your hopes up. I still have six statements, six points with this one verse. And so be thankful there wasn't more than one verse tonight. But uh, I want to really look at this verse and make it applicable to our life tonight. Uh, Verse 28 of Proverbs 25. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. It's a great verse. We're going to look at it tonight. Tonight I want to speak on dealing with the unruly. Dealing with the unruly. Often we'll say, well, that's an unruly child. Or uh, they, uh, why are they so unruly? We're going to look at that tonight. And I want to refresh your memory. We look at these different subjects. Uh, it helps us, in some cases, know what not to be, how to avoid becoming that. And in some cases, when we encounter someone who fits into this category, uh, how to deal with that person. And I want us to see tonight that if we're not careful, we can become unruly. Uh, we can be to the point where, like that little kid, where nobody's telling me what to do. Sometimes we can get that way with God. And so we want to deal with the unruly tonight. Father, help us as we look at the subject. Uh, we look at your word tonight. May we apply it to our life. Uh, bless your people. May we learn something to help us. May we understand uh, how to deal with others as we continue through this series. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we deal with the unruly, first let's define the word unruly. Uh, simple definition is disregarding restraint, disposed to violate laws, turbulent, ungovernable, as an unruly youth. Now, let's look at that definition. Unruly, disregarding restraint. Uh, we live in a world today, it is our nature, it is our flesh, to resist restraint. Now say, nobody's going to box me in. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Well, if you study the Bible, God, it's very simple. God says we should restrain ourselves. And if we restrain ourselves, that resolves the vast majority of times somebody has to restrain us. Unruly is somebody who just disregards the idea of that restraint. They're disposed to violate laws. Rules are made to be broken. Anybody ever heard that before? Uh, that's, it's, it's somebody who's unruly. Turbulent. Well, everywhere they go, it's just chaos. It's turbulent. There's no order. Uh, ungovernable. They just, they, just, they just can't be governed. 
So we look at unruly. So let's look at our text tonight, because obviously the word unruly is not in this verse, but this individual being described would define unruly. He that hath no rule over his own spirit, disregarding restraint. He doesn't have any rule over his own spirit. Now, let's understand something. If I have authority, and that's one of the subjects we're going to look at is dealing with authority. I think it's a couple of weeks to get through that. But if but a little child comes into a classroom, <coughs> I can make them sit down. But I can't make them have a good attitude about it. <coughs> you can say, okay, God, I'll do this. But are you going to have a good attitude about it? pastor can say, look, as a congregation, we're not doing this, and we're going to do this. Or, or a young man can be, his parents can say, this is what you're going to do. And you might can force them to do the action, but you can't make them have a good attitude about it. Say, so bless God, I'll make them have a good attitude. No, they're just making you think they have a good attitude so they can get out of the punishment, but you can't make them. In life, this is, it's just the way it is. Now, notice what the Bible says. He that hath no rule over his own spirit. They're unruly. He's not, they're not ruling their spirit. Now, notice the word spirit. That's just another way of saying our emotions. He that hath no rule, he that has no discipline, no restraint over their emotions. He's like a city that is broken down and without walls. It is not... Anybody else's responsibility to control your emotions. Be, be careful around them. You don't want to get them upset. Be careful around them. This is a big one today. They might get triggered. I'm like, where's that button? Let me, let me, let me push it. It's not my responsibility. And I understand that you ought to, you shouldn't go around trying to antagonize people. Much, but you should you shouldn't you shouldn't do that. I understand that, but you, you should you know we shouldn't have to walk away. Somebody shouldn't have to you know. Okay, this is so and so is a member of the member of our church. Now you're new in the church. You don't know this. Here is a list of rules that you have to abide not to offend them. Here's a list of things that you need to do to not get them upset. No, it's not my job to make sure you control your emotions. It's not anybody else's responsibility. I'm not saying you have to like what somebody else does, but it's your responsibility to restrain your own spirit, to control. Well, I just, I just have a hot... T- well, control your temper. Well, I just, I just... When I get that way, I just can't be controlled. Well, you're telling on yourself that you don't yield to the Spirit of God. He that hath no rule over his own spirit, those emotions. You know what will get you in trouble? Your emotions. Your emotions will get you in trouble quicker than your mind will. A lot of times your mind will weigh it out, say, you know, I really shouldn't do that, and this is what God says, but sometimes those emotions, they get out in front of us, and I think all of us could say we've done this before. It's like, man, I... I spoke before I thought about it. Well, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. That's being unruly. It's disregarding the restraint. He that hath no rule over his own spirit, those emotions, 
we are to be in control of our emotions. Anger. Uh, all that goes with those passions that we live with. We have to be in control of those. Uh, it says, as I can see, it's broken down without walls. I'll break, I will look at that close, more closely tonight, but that's not a city that's broken down without walls. That's not good. That's not good. And I'm going to give us some things to think about when it comes to that. And so you and I, we must be in control. How do we put in control? Okay, so let me just break this down a little bit further by way of introduction. We are to rule our spirit. Are you ready for this? It says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit. Somebody who's unruly. He's not in control of his emotions. He's like, I, I, well, however I feel about it, everybody's going to just have to get over that. No, I don't have to get over it. You have to control it. It's your responsibility. That's somebody who's unruly. Okay, We are to rule our spirit, our emotions, by obedience to God's word. Why do I have to control my temper? Because God said so. I just get passionate about it. Well, do what you need to do to not be so passionate about it. There's a lot of things I'm passionate about. I know myself. I'm going to be honest enough with myself to say, if, 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 I, if, I, if I pay too close attention to politics, I'm going to get in the flesh. That's just, you may not. I'm just telling you, I'm going to get in the flesh. So in order to do that, I don't want to walk around mad all the time. What are you mad about? Didn't you see the news today? What are you depressed about? Didn't you listen to the radio today? What are you frustrated about? Aren't you paying attention to what's going on? If I cannot control, I'm, I'm commanded to be, be angry and sin not. I can't help it when I get angry. We all have anger in us. It doesn't mean it's a license to sin without anger. Yet we have to control ourselves. So you may have to. Well, why do I have to do it? Because God said so. So you may have to change some of your habits. You may have to change some of the things you do in order to be in control. We're to rule our spirit by obedience. Everybody awake tonight? Everybody with me? By obedience to God's word and through a Holy Spirit-controlled life. For example, there are people who have wronged you. I'm not talking about you ordered super size and they, they gave you a regular size. You'll get over that. They've wronged you to the degree when you hear their name, that blood pressure goes up. Well, Pastor, you just don't know what they've done to me. I don't have to know what they've done to, to, to you. Because the Bible talks about forgiveness. The Bible talks about controlling your passions. Well, how can I? Through the Spirit. By yielding to the Spirit, that's a whole other subject, but it's one that we need to pay attention to. The only way we're going to not be unruly is if we obey God's Word and through a Holy Spirit-controlled life. I'm a fairly independent person. I'm an independent thinker, I like to think. I'm like everybody else. The quickest way to get me to do something is to tell me not to do it, especially if it's a woman. That's the quickest way to get me to do the opposite of what, you know, it's, 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 you don't, that's just the way I am. I don't like for people to tell me what to do. Anybody there? I don't want the government to tell me what to do. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. We all have that in us. 
But what is important is that I allow the Holy Spirit to control my life. I allow the Holy Spirit to control my emotions. We have to get to a place where we say, I don't want to disregard. I, I don't want people to control me. I want the Holy Spirit to control me. And if I have an authority in my life and they tell me to do something and I don't understand it, I don't agree with it, I don't like it, but it's an authority God's placed in my life, then I have to obey. Why? Because God said so. If we don't contradict His Word, I'm supposed to obey, that, submit to that authority. So, well, I don't like it. I may not like it either, but I still must be in control of my spirit. I must, a lot of times, there are, there are wrongs that are done, but God holds us accountable because our spirit being out of control, we have to give an account for that. I just, I just, I had to get this off my chest. Well, if you yield to the Spirit of God, you might get less things off your chest. Now, understand that this is a lot easier to say than actually live. But we have to submit to that. The unruly do not submit to the laws meant to restrain them and to protect themselves and others from the folly of man. Well, you know, that Bible just wants to control you. No, the Bible wants to protect. Protect you from you. And protect others from you. Well, what kind of person do you think I am? Like every other person, fallen flesh. And that if we live by the flesh and not the spirit, there's nothing that man will not do. So the restraint that God expects us to place on ourselves is to protect ourselves and to protect others from the folly of man. There's a lot of people who've destroyed themselves, not because they hung out in the bar, but because they couldn't control their emotions. There are people tonight, as I stand here on death row, because they couldn't control their spirit. There's some people who lost their marriage because they were like a, they had no rule over their own spirit. And they couldn't control their emotions. It's, it's, a, it's something that we need to pay attention to, and that's why we have the laws that we are supposed to abide by. Well, I don't know why there are certain things in this Bible that we have to abide by. Aren't you glad God's so much bigger than you? You can't understand all the reason why God wants us to do. If Christians would spend half the time they spend trying to have God explain to them and figure out why God established something and then just doing it, they'd be a lot happier if they just did it because it's just God protecting us from ourselves. Society, though, in many ways, excuses the unruly. For example, an unruly child, he's just hyper. Give him some medicine. A lot of times he's just not disciplined. In, in, in some, and by the way, I'm going to detour just a little bit in some child psychology. Some kids are more passionate than other kids. That has to be tempered. There still has to be control and laws. As a parent, you may have to discern this kid's got more passion than this other kid. That's just the way they, they express it as they lash out. Well, you better teach them now. 
that lashing out is not okay? Or they're going to lash out to the wrong person? And it's going to, they're going to either wake up from it later or it's going to cost them three to five years of her life because they lashed out the wrong person? There's different levels of that, but still the principle is the same. They have to be taught to control themselves. Now, one child may be easier to teach that than another. I've been teaching this one for 15 years and I still can't get it. We'll keep teaching them. Some, they, they get it right away. Anyway, that's, okay, back to dealing with the unruly. Well, they make excuses. He's just an unruly child. Well, he's just an unruly man, and they want to justify those who cannot submit themselves to the rules that have been placed on them, and they want to make it the rules' fault that they're the way they are. Uh, well, they're just they're just acting out because of those unreasonable rules. No, they can't control their spirit. They can't control their emotions. And we, one without, who cannot rule his own spirit is like a seed broken down with that, without walls. That unruly person. All right, everybody got it? The introduction? Okay, let me give you the six statements tonight. Statement number one the, is what I've already said. The unruly fails to control his emotions. The unruly fails to control his emotions. You and I must control our emotions. So is a child unruly because he misbehaves? He may just be, he's he's a child. But he has to have some rules put on him. And if some rules are put on him and he'll start submitting himself, then by definition he's not unruly. But we become unruly when we don't control our emotions. And by the way, let me, let me help you with this, too. I, I, I'm less concerned about a child who you have to correct. I'm more concerned about the unruly child who cannot control his emotions. Sometimes parents act like it's the end of the world because their child got in trouble or they were, they were some boy, little boy, was acting like a little boy. I'm not saying justify anything. Correct it and then move on with it. But then the one's like, who pitches a, a, a temper tantrum, that's what you need to be concerned about. That's what you need to be, deal with. The unruly, but I've seen a lot of adults do that too. The unruly fails to control his emotions. Note statement number two. The unruly fails in his responsibility to control his emotions. The first statement was simply pointing out where he fails, controlling his emotions. The second statement, he fails in his responsibility to control his emotions. I've already alluded to this. It's your responsibility to control your emotions. It's my responsibility to control my emotions. As, as adults, this is what typically happens. Somebody does something we don't agree with, we don't like, maybe they wronged us, and then we give an emotional response instead of a principled response. It do you well to decide how you're going to respond to every situation that you can plan. We give an emotional response, and we know after we give that emotional response, we shouldn't have given an emotional response. Then, instead of acknowledging that emotional response and learning from it so that we don't make an emotional response again, we want to put the blame, well, if this person had not done A, B, or C, I would not have responded that way. 
we can't do that. Because the fact of the matter is, we've responded that way. We want to hold other people accountable when we need to hold ourselves accountable. I'm accountable for my emotions. It's my responsibility to control. Now, I'm not telling you you should never get it mad. There's some things that make you angry. There's some things that you ought to be passionate about, but they shouldn't be unbridled. They shouldn't be out of control. We have to have the Spirit of God. We have to obey His Word to control us. It's our responsibility to control our emotions. The unruly fails in his responsibility to control his emotions. Number three, you ready for this one? The unruly are rebels. The unruly are rebels. Not all rebels look the same. Not all rebels sound the same. The unruly man disregards that restraint, ignores the laws, they're ungovernable, they refuse to accept the responsibility to control their emotions. That's what I, I use the silly illustration. If somebody new joins the church, we'll go give them the rules for brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so so they know everything they need to avoid as not to get them upset, tiptoe around them. That's a rebel. I just want people to treat me right. No, you're a rebel. Because you think your emotions are more important than everybody else's. You don't want to submit to the same spirit that everybody else has to submit to. You think you should be able to blow off steam and nobody else should. The unruly person who cannot control their emotions are in rebellion against the Word of God and in rebellion against the Spirit of God. How are we doing tonight? Everybody okay? That's rebellion. We picture a rebel looking a certain way, acting a certain way, but rebels come in all shapes and sizes, and if you and I refuse to control our emotions, it's just rebellion. And we have to deal with our... Does everybody in here have the capability of rebellion? Of course. We're born rebels. That's why we have to submit to the Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God, you know what we're going to do? We're going to rebel. And so when our emotions get the best of us, as we say, or we respond with the emotions or emotionally, we have to acknowledge that, learn from it, correct ourselves, do some things on purpose. But the individual who says, I'm not worried about my emotions. Everybody else is just going to have to deal with it. They're unruly. And it's rebellion because we all are commanded to be in control of our emotions. Number four. We notice that verse is like a city that is broken down and without walls. The unruly is likened to a city that is without government. A city with no government, how chaotic is that? There's no control. There's no consistency. You, you think of, over the last many years, the, all these different riots of these different groups, Antifa and all these other. There's, there's major cities in our country run by gangs. 
no authority, no laws. They were the law. You go look at those cities now. There are, there are businesses that pulled out of them, people who moved out of them, billions of dollars of damage. Still not rep- fixed and repaired. You ever you, you see you see pictures of that and see reports of that and you're like, God, I'm not living there. I ain't going anywhere near there. That's the picture that the Bible gives of somebody who can't be restrained. It's like they're run by the gangs of anger, lust, and selfishness. Their life is run by gangs. Whatever mood are we, whatever mood the gang is in that day, that's that that's the law of the day. Well, whatever mood I'm in today, that's that's the way this city's going to operate. What's it going to be tomorrow? We got to ask the gangs what the, what it's going to be like. We got there's no laws, there's no government. It, it's it, the unruly is likened to a city that is without government. You can have too much government in our society. We know that. But the answer is not no government. Because then you're just left at the whim of man. That has never been good. Life is the same way. Well, I just don't want... You better be in control because without it, it's the same, the Bible says, as a city that is broken down without walls. It's like into a city without government. Statement number five, the unruly are vulnerable to be conquered by others. Cities in this day had to have walls, walls of protection. No walls of protection, you are you're easy, easy to be conquered. That what, it was more important that you had walls of protection than a mighty army even. Because you could just shut the gate and the walls would protect you. The unruly are vulnerable to be conquered by others. Why? There's no walls for protection. Meaning, an enemy can come right in and conquer and control the city. Are you with me? When you and I fail to control our spirit, rule our spirit. Rule is not, oh, just whatever you want to do. No, this ruling. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're not going to do. You're not in charge. I'm in charge. This is the control. This is the law. This is the way it is. And if you veer out of that, I'm not going to tolerate it. Can you imagine if we treated ourselves that way, when we treat other brethren that way? And we don't, we, I'm not going to tolerate it. So stay in line. The, if we don't rule ourselves and there's no walls... That enemy can get in, and now that enemy controls the city. You follow me? Whoever controls your emotions controls you. I just, I just, they're not going to be in control. They're already in control. The mention of their name raises your blood pressure. I can't. This person, I, I thought they were my friend. They did this, or or pastor. I thought he was my friend. He did this, or 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 this sort of thing. You've got to be careful. Again, I'm not justifying what it. There are people who have tried to hurt me, harm me. But 
they don't live in my head. I live in theirs, but they don't live in my head. They're not controlling me. I refuse. And I can stand here and say that today because that's not something that just happened overnight. That's something that you have to discipline yourself and yield to the Spirit of God and say, I'm not letting somebody else control whether or not I'm happy today. Now, there's some things that we would mourn over, and there's some things that I'm not saying I'm not ever wounded by anyone, and, but the same token, I'm not going to let them run my life. God's been too good to me. But I refuse to let anybody else. Somebody makes you lose their te- your temper. They're, they're, they're calling the shots in your life. I just, I just, I just can't. Well, I, I refuse to live that way. Say, Pastor, you mean there's people that, I mean, you, there's no, do you like everybody? You know? Well, you might have to avoid some people. So if I don't shake your hand in the foyer tonight, you, you, I'm just trying to keep my spirit, that's all. You, why? Because I want to be in control. Because if, if I'm not in control, I, I have, I'm allowing somebody else to control me. A Christian should, I don't believe a Christian, I believe the Bible teaches that Christians should not drink alcohol. That shouldn't be a controversial statement among Christians. We shouldn't be under control of any substance. But there's a lot of Christians under the control of anger, the control of bitterness, the control of unforgiveness. Why they're under the, there's a lot of Christians under the influence because they're not ruling their own spirit. And if we don't rule our own spirit, we can be conquered by others. You know, and by the way, we should give, we should give grace. Say, Pastor, I, I was offended by that one thing you said. Well, just forgive me, and if you wait long enough, I'll probably say something else. But you know, we're all human. I, I run into people all the time. I, I'm, I'm saved, but I, I, I don't go to church. Well, well, why don't you go to church? Well, I, I went to church, and I was faithful, and, and I just, you know, this happened, and this happened, and I just haven't been able to get over it. And, and, and I look at it, and I just want to say, man, it's been, what, 15 years? And you're still letting that person keep you miserable? You're still letting that person, you know, make you act that way? And by the way, that's a cop-out. Because we are commanded to control our own spirit. Number six, the last one. The unruly are vulnerable to offend or be offended. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that's broken down without walls. Because there's no walls for demarcation. Inside the city walls. Makes sense, doesn't it? Outside the city walls. Makes sense. The city is marked by the walls. How do you know you're in the city? You come inside the walls. How do you know when you're outside the city? You go outside the walls. 
So when there's no walls that are broken down, there's no demarcation. There's no, there's no, there's no limit. There's no, there's no space, if you will. Here's the lines of the city. And the unruly, those who will not control their own spirit, they're like that city that's broken down without walls. They're vulnerable to offend or be offended. Well, their word, they offended me. Well, your bad spirit offends me. Now, where are we at on all this? Well, their words are worse than than my spirit. No, it's not. There's There's nothing more miserable than a Christian with a bad spirit. Bad emotions. Not in control of their emotions. And this is really where we live. It's the unruly. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me how to live. Nobody's going nobody's to tell me how to... This is what is going. When I was younger, you hear all this preaching, and a teenager, don't be a rebellious teenager, and, and the examples were used of nobody's going to tell me what to do. So I'm joining the army. Not, not you, Malcolm, but... <laughs> you would agree that's the wrong place to go if you don't want anybody telling you what to do. I mean, nobody's telling me what to do. Now it's like now it's among Christian people, nobody's telling me how to feel. Nobody's telling me what I can do with my emotions. I can be mad if I want to be mad. I'm justified in my anger. I'm justifying my lifestyle and the way I live outside of God's word because of what somebody said to me. That narrative is even pushed by preachers today. I'm justified in this. Not according to God's word. According to God's word, if you can't control your own spirit, you're like a city broken down without walls. You not only are going to get offended, but you are offensive. You know, we ought to take into consideration sometimes that if somebody offends us and we don't deal with it right, we're going to offend somebody. There's no lines of demarcation because walls are broken down. If we're not in control of our own spirit, we're going to get offended. Nobody likes for somebody to be mean and cruel to them. Nobody likes for somebody to say ugly things to them. Nobody likes for somebody to say ugly things about them. Nobody likes any of that. But if I get offended, I have to take some blame in that. I feel all by myself up here. I wish I had the teenagers here to say amen for me. I'm not going to stand here and tell you I've never been offended. But I will stand here and tell you every time I've been offended, I have to take part of the blame in that. Because it's my, I'm supposed to be in control of my spirit. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean that I don't do, if I'm going to respond to something, it's a, response, not a reaction. Because too many times we react to somebody else's action when we should be have a principled response. Somebody wrongs me, what should I do? I should forgive them. Well, do you know what they said or do you know what they did or do you know what they've done? It really matters very little. Depending on what's been said, done, 
it may make it harder for me. I may have to yield more to the Spirit of God. But my goal is to control my spirit. Life is too short to not be in control of our spirit. How many days do we lose? Because we just decided, I'm just having a bad attitude today. I imagine our, our school teachers, especially our elementary and school teachers, and watching the kids come in and just looking at them, oh, it's going to be one of those days with that one today. Or it's going to be one of those days with that one. Junior high girls, oh, it's going to be, well, it's every day with them, but it's just going to be one of those days. But you know what it shouldn't be? It shouldn't be those kids seeing their teacher walk in saying, oh, Lord, help us. It's going to be one of those days today. I had many of those days, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. Oh, you both are in my line of sight there. Um, let's control our own spirit. We all have been unruly. So, George, thank you for being with me on that one. And we all have the capability of being unruly. It's not a good thing. It's a very dangerous thing. What somebody will say, and it happens today, it's going to happen more and more in the future, what somebody will say about me because of a stand I take is less important than my response to it. If you'll permit me to use this example, and I'll be done. Because as a pastor, as a preacher, God called me, God placed me. God can, I'm, I'm under his control. There's been a lot of men get themselves out of ministry because of their response to somebody else. And they become cynical. They become bitter. They become angry. Their speech isn't seasoned with grace. Why? Because they're not in control of their spirit. As a pastor, I have to work very, very hard at this. Because there are times, not anybody here, but there are times when I'm trying to lead the church in a direction. It's like, well, I just don't want to do that. Or I'm not going to listen to that. And I want to say, I stayed up all night long. God wouldn't let me sleep to prepare this message, or I've been burdened about this for weeks. I can't sleep, I can't eat, and you're going to be that flippant about it? Now, nobody in here, but you know what I can do if I'm not in control of my spirit? Well, you see how life is without a pastor then. I'm your pastor, not yours, but I'm your pastor. No, it's not the way it should be. Does that make sense? You can come. This is a great church. This is the best church on the planet, in my opinion. And at this moment, that's the one that matters. You can, there's going to be somebody that you just don't get along with, somebody who has offended you, somebody knowingly or unknowingly. And if you're not careful, you can let a relationship with a whole lot of people 
be damaged or hindered because of your spirit. Boy, the cause of Christ, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. But if we don't rule our spirit, it's not going to be good. It's like a sea that's broken down and without walls. I hope we, I've tried very hard to help us with this, with the whole political spectrum. I love my country. I hate to see what's the direction is going. I'll give my opinion about where it's going and what I think the future holds. I don't like wrongs that have been done. I don't like, I don't like the things. I, I, I want to have a greater respect that of the people who've shed their blood so we could have this nation. But what is more, what I, I can contribute more to my country by ruling my spirit so that I can do good for my country, so that I can have the right spirit and, and tell another generation, say, let me tell you how we founded this nation. Let me tell you what's good about this country. More so with the cause of Christ. I can do, there's a lot of things going on, and there's times you have to stand and draw a line in the sand and say, this is the stand we're taking. We're not, we're not budging from this. But even in that, I've got to keep my spirit. Because the next Sunday, you still need a pastor. We still have something to accomplish for the Lord. And I've, I've seen, and I'll use the political thing, I've seen churches who would check every box we checked on a doctrinal statement, have turned into just a bunch of angry people. Somebody out there that's just trying to make sense of life wonders into that. I wonder how much help they're really going to get. What's it go towards? We have to rule our spirit. So there might be some things that I have to distance myself from. There might be some extra prayer I have to do. And I do that. I, I've learned to do that. I, I'm not any kind, I mean, I've just, I've learned this. So I'll, 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 I'll say it. I, there are certain things I have to take extra time in prayer and say, Lord, you're going to have to help me with my spirit. And there are times I walk away from a situation and I say, I can't, I can't, I, I, you have to help me with my spirit. There are times when there are some on the inside and outside who would attack this church and do wrong by this church and they want to talk to me and I can't talk to them. Because at that moment, I'm not controlling my spirit. I say, Pastor, you have emotions? No. I don't have feelings either. So, yes, we all have to control our spirit. So let's let this help us tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. May we be obedient to your word. May we allow the spirit to help us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together and we'll be dismissed. Remember, big day on Sunday. Bring somebody with you. Sunday morning, I'm looking forward to... Uh, sharing uh, some things. I've got uh, uh, quite a few pictures and some video uh, from last week being in St. Lucia with uh, all those different, the pastors from different countries, and then spending some time with our missionaries, the Bartlett's, who we've supported since 2011. I'm excited to share. They're doing a wonderful, wonderful job, and just encouraged me uh, to see the work there. I think it'll encourage us, and then get a sense of the opportunity that God's put in front of us, uh, that we can make a difference for the cause of Christ and helping others who just quite frankly don't have what we have. 
uh, here in the United States of America. And a lot of what they don't have is just the knowledge and the training that we've been privileged to that they're hungry for. And uh, I'm excited about the doors that God's opening. So be here on Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll see more about that. It'll be an encouragement to, to you. But I also want it to be a challenge to us uh, to do more than we are even doing now uh, in that respect. And then, of course, the Pumpkin Pie Fellowship uh, Sunday night. You'll want to be here for that. And then going into the Thanksgiving week. And so let's look forward to a good weekend. Brother